Hi everyone and welcome to SAMA, a programme which invites experts each week to discuss their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Dr Jack Wolfson to discuss heart disease and the truth about cholesterol. Dr Jack Wolfson, DO, FACC, is an Amazon best-selling author and a board-certified cardiologist who uses nutrition, lifestyle and supplements to prevent and treat diseases. After 10 years of performing angiograms, pacemakers and other cardiac procedures, Dr. Wolfson started the DrsWolfson.com in 2012 to offer patients the ultimate in holistic heart care. Together with his wife, Dr. Heather Wolfson, DC, isn't that great, two doctors in the house, they are the Doctors Wolfson. Their website, thedoctorswolfson.com, is an excellent resource for natural health and living the organic lifestyle, which is where Dr. Wolfson is today in the supermarket, the organic supermarket. So welcome to our show, Jack. It's fantastic to have you with us. Thank you so much, John. Pleasure to be on. So excited to share some really interesting information with your audience. Now, you're very, very passionate about organic, which is why you opted to broadcast from your organic store. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, listen, obviously, you know, I, I understand now, well, compared to where I came from, that there's a reason why people develop disease. There's a reason why people have heart disease and dementia and cancer and strokes. And there's a reason why some people age a lot faster than others. Yes. And it has to do with nutrition and it has to do with environmental toxins and pollutants. So when you eat organic food, you're eating the right food, minimizing the toxins and the chemicals for hopefully uh, a long life. And you're walking the walk because not only are you talking from an organic supermarket, but you're also living high up in the mountain with beautiful, pristine air, a lovely environment. Uh, you know, John, I got to tell you, uh, in case you care, which I'm sure you don't, I'm wearing organic cotton underwear. We take this lifestyle very, very seriously. I'm not sure if that's a little bit too much detail. Um, Nick, we may have to cut that out. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, not going to pan down. I'm not going to show anybody. But it just really just shows our dedication, really, like you said, talking the talk and walking the walk. And that's really what we need a lot more people doing is, is that kind of behavior. Because a lot of people pay lip service, and even a lot of holistic and natural doctors pay lip service to living the healthy lifestyle and tell other people to do it, but they don't follow it themselves. So we really try and hold ourselves to a really high standard, not only to, to show that to the world, but because we want to live. I want to be an old father. I want to be an old grandfather. I want to be a great grandfather. And this is how we do it. And I guess you want to be a healthy great grandfather as well. So it's not just the longevity, but it's the quality of life, I guess. Well, modern medicine these days, obviously, I saw it for years in the hospital. You're right. We have the ability to extend people's lives many, many years, but not necessarily healthy. If you look at the former prime minister of Israel, Ariel Sharon, he was in a coma after a stroke for six years. Does that count as life? I mean, it, it counts according to statistics but it doesn't count as far as, as far as what anybody would want for themselves. So it's not only longevity, you're right, it's quality of the longevity, healthy until 100. How long have you been moving, uh, living in your, in your region? Did you, did you uh, move from a city? Uh, well, you know, we actually, I'm originally from Chicago and then moved to Phoenix, Arizona because I wanted to be in the weather and I wanted to change the lifestyle, but I thought it would be a healthier lifestyle 
but Phoenix, Arizona is congested, it's polluted. So we found this little town up in the mountains of Colorado and uh, we're loving it. The family's happy and this time of year, there's all kind of farmers markets and outdoor activities. Today we were you know, kayaking and paddle boarding and going for hikes and playing around in the backyard. So it's been uh, spectacular, it really has. Sounds like a terrible lifestyle, miserable. <laughs> and so it's a little community where you know you actually know people's names. You can say hi and then append that with a with a, with a proper noun. You can uh, with a noun. You can say you know, hi, Bob. Gosh, you, you know. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, John. It is a small town, and you know people very quickly. And we still have Arizona license plates on our cars. So, uh, and listen. At the same time, our our opinions are very radical, and when you start sharing those opinions, whether solicited or not, and you start sharing those opinions, uh, uh, you know, some people take issue with it. But you know what, uh, I, I was born to change the world, the transition uh, from a traditional cardiologist to a holistic cardiologist where people come from all over the world to Arizona to see me for the absolute best in heart care. Um, you know, we're we're just here to make a we're we're here to make a change, and uh, uh, and I'm not being quiet about any of my opinions. So you started your medical training with the view to help people, help humanity. What shifted you from regular allopathic care to more preventative care? What was well, what did that change? You know, my um, I, I'm the son of a cardiologist. My father was a cardiologist. I followed in his footsteps and became a cardiologist. And I was three years into practice and I just saw so much sickness. I saw sickness amongst my patients and I saw my father get sick and ultimately die of a Parkinson's-like neurologic disease called PSP, progressive supranuclear palsy. And I tell that in my book, The Paleocardiologist. I tell the story in the foreword. Well, as my father was getting really, really sick, I meet the woman who would open up my eyes. I meet the woman who would tell me that there is a way to prevent all disease, that all disease is man-made, that we can naturally prevent hypertension, diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, dementia. And we had never been taught that through all my medical training, right, John? I went through four years of medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology. Nobody ever, nobody ever questioned why people get sick. It was just a response. Take yeah. some pharmaceuticals, do yeah. a surgery. Let's put a pacemaker in or a stent in. And then I met the woman who would open up my eyes. I quickly fell in love. She fell in love because I was changing. My eyes were opened. And uh, it's been just a tremendous ride ever since. I did stay in the big cardiology practice for several years as I was trying to get you know, more knowledge and more courage to leave the industry because mm. cardiologists in the United States make a lot, 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 lot of money. They make a lot of money. And to give that up, it's... Um, it's, it, was, it, was, it was difficult, but uh, I had to do it, and uh, no regrets, no looking back. Wow. Oh. You, don't, you don't often hear stories like that, you know, where you turn away from a high-paying profession to follow your heart, to follow really what's right. And, and no, it, you don't. Uh, 
Uh, you don't you don't hear those stories, uh, uh, you know, because everybody is so money driven, so financially driven. So not only are you giving up the money, but you're also giving up the very foundation of everything you've been trained. So the so all cardiologists are trained the same way I was. They were trained in in reactionary. Someone's blood pressure is high. Here's a pill. Someone has diabetes. Here's a pill. Somebody had a heart attack. Here's pills. And once you kind of step up you know, take a step back and say, we can do things without the drugs. We were not born deficient in pharmaceuticals. We were not born <laughs> aspirin. And we're not statin drug deficient. If you have a problem, let's figure out why. Come out to Arizona, read my book, look at my stuff online, and let's find out why. Title of your book, The Failure of Cardiologists. Is it the correct title? The failure. That's very, very strong wording. And you would have gained a lot of friends from that as well because you're not, obviously, you're not towing their line. So um, you feel very, you truly think it's a failure of cardiologists, of, of their approach of treating the symptoms rather than preventing the symptoms? Is it as well, bad as that? It's, it's the cardiologists, it's the, it's the training that they receive. It's the control globally by pharmaceutical companies in bed with governments that make guidelines. You know, I mean, listen, up until 75 years ago, obviously there were no pharmaceuticals, you know, <clears throat> there, was, there was natural remedies, there was nutrition, there was lifestyle. We all lived a, a healthy lifestyle uh, up, until, up until, you know, recently. So I want to bring all that back. But it, it is—it's a failure of cardiologists, a failure of the, uh, of the system. The problem—I I can't necessarily blame the cardiologists because they don't know any better. They're just—they've right. just been brainwashed. You know, there was uh, one of my favorite books, and I quote this in my book. Uh, it's a book called *The Jungle* by Upton Sinclair. It's hard to get a man to understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. So. You know, if you're if you're a car dealer and all you sell is Mercedes Benz, you know that's that that's the best car to you. It's it's just a Mercedes. That's that's all there is to it. There's there's nothing else. So you have to tow the company line, or you're not going to make money. Uh, and in some cases, you don't practice anymore. Yeah, that's right. They take a practice away if you don't um, talk. You know, if you don't follow their guidelines. Okay, well, the, the big question, I guess the biggest question in everyone's minds is, is heart disease preventable? And if so, how? Uh, heart disease is a thousand percent preventable. No doubt. And, and just unless you were born with something, uh, a congenital heart defect, every, the, the diseases that we're talking about, coronary artery disease, strokes, heart failure, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, you know, heart attacks, cholesterol issues, those are all preventable and very easily so. But you just have to find the right guide to get you to where you want to be. And I outline all, all those steps in my book. Gosh. You know, for all the times I've been through my doctors, <laughs> I've been through a few because I wasn't very happy with the levels of care. I don't think one of them asked, am I eating enough vegetables? Am I, you know, am I, am, you know, what is my diet? They never question my diet. And I almost always walk away with a, you know, with a uh, uh, yeah, prescription in my hand. 
always. That's the that's and in a way, if you, if you walk away without a piece of paper in your hand, you feel <laughs> let down. <laughs> that's the way we, we we as patients that we programmed as well. So it's gone through, because we've, from the very start of this generation, it's been this way. We don't know any other way, and so you're saying there is another way. So what what kind of things can people do to prevent heart disease? Well, I mean, I think we mentioned already, you know, let's let's start with food, but I'm not going to say food is the most important, but let's talk okay. about food okay? because people gravitate to that very quickly. So we talk about food. I think, like you said, uh, fresh vegetables, yes. organic vegetables that are not sprayed with chemicals and toxins, mm. uh, eating plenty of seafood. I happen to think that seafood is the healthiest food on the planet. I think we could live on seafood alone for a long, long time. We could not live on vegetables forever, but we can live on seafood forever. Okay. Uh, I love eating sardines and anchovies and, and salmon. I love um, shellfish. Mm-hmm. So uh, clams and oysters and shrimp, all that stuff is fantastic. I love eating uh, uh, animal products, whether it's eggs or it's free-range grass-fed beef, but I love eating the organ meats as well. Our ancestors ate liver and kidney and thyroid and thymus. Uh, you know, nuts, seeds, eggs, avocados. What I'm against, of course, I'm very anti-sugar. I'm very anti-grain. So bread and cereal and rice and pasta. Uh, uh, it, it's not, you know, quite simply, my book is called The Paleocardiologist. I am the paleocardiologist. I'm talking about living and eating like our ancestors did for millions of years. And they were not eating bread they were not eating cereal, they were not eating sugar, they were not eating rice, they were not eating these foods. That's just all there is to it. So uh, so that's number, number. I don't want to say number one, but that's obviously what people often think of. But if I could leave you know, these viewers and listeners with a couple other things as well, sunshine is just as important with, as food. All animals and all plants live outside in the sun. They live outside. Humans are the only species on earth that lives inside. Do we think that's a problem? I mean, when you think about that, right, John? I mean, it's just, how, how did this happen to us? How did this happen? <laughs> um, so we wake up before the sunrise, which means we go to bed at sundown. Yeah. And we get a good night's sleep. So... I think sleep is the most important thing in the world. Uh, I think it's more important than food. I think sleep is more important than sun. We cannot do anything without sleep. And yet most people don't get sleep. Everyone's glued to their device. Uh, I'm sitting at Whole Foods right now and I'm just, I'm staring at everybody else. They're all sitting on their phone. Now I'm staring into a computer, so it's not like I'm I'm asleep here. But let me just say, I'm, I'm talking to you because I want to save the world. I don't know if these other people are safe in the world on their, on their, on their devices. Mm. So, uh, and then let me say one more thing, too, and we could talk about whatever, but I also want to talk about stress. Uh, stress, anxiety, depression, poor mental health, uh, that is also right up there with anything that we're talking about as far as uh, danger zone type stuff. You know, get the stress out of your life, yoga, meditation, tai chi, get rid of Get rid of relatives. Uh, I don't want to say they're family members. Get rid of you know relatives that uh, that are toxic in your life. Get the toxic people out of your life. 
That's, that's a very, very good point, actually. And um, and you're moving to your community now. I guess because it's smaller, you have, you've reduced your stress levels because cities have an inherent buzz, which uh, which is very, very stressful. The, the basal uh, stress levels of a city are very high. <laughs> and it seems the larger the city, the higher the stress levels. And so, you're, Well, I mean, I'll, I'll reach to your area of expertise. I mean, do we think that... On a, on a quantum level, that the stress of a society can impact the individual? I think oh, so. Oh, well, without question. Without question. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and then, uh, and then also, you know, once again, back to the pollution thing, the medical literature is very, very clear that air pollution increases the risk of every chronic disease, whether it's atrial fibrillation, and I see a ton of atrial fibrillation patients, uh, air pollution and heart attacks, air pollution and stroke, air pollution and dementia, air pollution and cancer. Uh, these, are, these are serious, serious issues. Right. Well, all of that, there's no negatives to moving to a place which is a smaller community, a place which has got cleaner air. I'm struggling to think where the downside is. Normally, to live a healthy lifestyle, you've got to give up something, give up some people say chocolate's unhealthy. They're the, they're the four-ish ones. But to give up something you enjoy to, you know, to live a longer lifestyle, uh, to live a longer life. But you're saying, for your things you're suggesting, they're things which are also desirable. Fish fruit. I mean, fr uh, sorry, fish food, for, as an example, or more sleep. Who doesn't want more sleep? Yeah. Um, if, if, why is it that, that humanity is gravitating towards more stress? For example, like every 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 year, there's something else to absorb our attention, draw, keep our, keep our minds flicking through at hyperspeed. Right, right. You know, I think that um, I I think that it is a it is a controlled um, uh, plan. I, I think it is the plan of pharmaceutical companies, corporations, in conjunction with the government. Maybe the government doesn't quite know it as much, but it's basically to sell us fear. And to keep us, you know, whether there's a bombing here or a crisis there or some financial issue or it's trade wars, you know, going on, whatever it is, they want us glued to the news and to television so they could sell us fear. And then as we're under fear, fear leads to stress, fear mm -hmm. leads, you know, and, and stress and, and, and inflammation and therefore when we're glued to the TV and we're so fearful and we're under that chronic stress, well, now we get sick. So now we need their chemotherapy. Now we need their heart drugs. Now we need their brain drugs. Now, of course, we need drugs for anxiety and stress and depression. And that's why they run the news and then the pharmaceutical commercials come in and then more news. <laughs> you know? and, and, and can you imagine this? I've had patients tell me because I'm not up that late at night, but when they can't sleep and you know they first come to see me and we interview and they tell me that they're awake until two o'clock in the morning and i ask them what you know what what commercials yeah they're watching they're watching the news they're watching some stressful tv show and then they get shown a commercial for some kind of sleep aid uh pharmaceuticals so <laughs> funny um, well it's not funny it's sad funny is not the right word gosh yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, so, it's so funny in the sense that we're being so manipulated um, that, you, you, that you have to almost like take a step back and laugh 
and 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 laugh at yourself really you know i mean all of us like laugh at ourselves like how did we not know this how did myself i consider myself a pretty smart guy how, you know i went through all that medical training how did i never not ask the questions myself why didn't i ask why people have high blood pressure why they have diabetes why they develop dementia we just kind of gloss over any any thought of that because we're so anxious to write that pharmaceutical. We love the quick office visits. Hey, John, how you doing? Oh, you know, listen, you know, you're you're in you're in your fifties now. Time to get on a statin drug and aspirin. Here's your drug. Bye. <laughs> I did that for sixteen years. I know. Oh, trust me. Yeah, trust yeah, me. Yeah. Trust me. All you can do is laugh. It sounds like the, the first step people must take to get better health is up here. Up here. Yeah. To make the right decisions, realize what you know the truths that are around them, and make and make the right decisions so they can take the right steps. Are there people that um, do have inherent, um, you know, risk factors that other people may not have for for heart disease? Uh, you know, um, uh, I, do you remember the movie years ago with a uh, United States actor by the name of Tom Hanks, and the movie was called Castaway, and he winds up. He works for Federal Express. He's in a plane crash, and he winds up on the remote island all by himself. And he's on the remote island, and on that island, all he does is eat coconuts, fish, and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. he, he goes to sleep with the sun down. He awakes before the sunrise. He gets plenty of sun all day long in the morning, noon, afternoon. There's no pollution. There's no chemicals. The only stress he has is that he's alone and that's bad. Being alone is very bad. Yes. And then the other, the other stress would be is that he's trying to survive. He's trying to find food and find shelter. Yes. I'm a believer that if you took 20 of us and you put us on that remote island, we would live until we're 125. I don't care what your genetics are. I don't care what your family history is. That means nothing. It means nothing. Environment and lifestyle means everything. Right, right. So given the right environment, your body will prosper. I hope that's water. <laughs> um, uh, 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 sparkling water. Okay. Um, you have to, uh, is, so I encourage people to find their island. I think we found that island where we live in, in Colorado, in the United States, in the mountains. Yes. Um, I mean, but you're right, John. I mean, listen, it's not everybody... Who can, who can get up and, and leave maybe their job or their family or their friends. It's, it may not be possible, obviously. It's not possible for, you know, for most people. But if you, can, if you can make it happen, if you can change your career or change the way that, that your career is or change your priorities, like what are your priorities really in life? Um, you know, if you're someone who, you know, who is, who is a trader on Wall Street, you know, or, you know, runs a big corporation, it's hard to do that from the middle of nowhere. You have to really decide what, what again, what are the priorities, uh, you know, to you, but um, it can be done. I did it. Yeah, as he says, a big, big step. Um, so having, a, would you, would you, do you think that having a job where you're not happy can lead you to poor health and possible heart problems? 
Um, uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Job, job stress, job, job strains uh, is, is one of the most, you know, if you look at kind of like the, the rankings of, of, of anxiety, of depression, of a stressor, you know, uh, you, know, you know, job loss, job change, mm. things you don't like your job. I mean, that's always, you know, high up there. I would encourage anybody, if you don't like your job, I mean, you know, listen, we, I mean, it's often been said, it's so cliche. We only go around once. We only go around once here. And if you're not happy in whatever your problem is, whether it's your job, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your community, um, move on. Find something different. Find your island. Find your paradise. Um, it may sound difficult to someone who is an air traffic controller or, uh, you know, a farmer on a big farm or, uh, you know, somebody who's, who works in a manufacturing industry, I mean, whatever it may be. But um, I don't know. There's, uh, we have to strive for better if we want to strive for longevity. But like we, you know, we said, we only go around once. <laughs> you want to be around to enjoy the money that you have, <laughs> but more importantly, yeah. to enjoy the family, you know, that, that are, and the family that are coming as well. Well, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people would not have left like I left. They would not have left the job. Um, and, and I did it for a variety of reasons, but how could I look at my children? It's, you know, once again, it's cliche. It's a proverbial you know, saying, you know, you're laying on your deathbed and you're surrounded by your family and your friends. You want to look at your children and say, you know what, uh, I, I, I led the wrong lifestyle. I was very unhappy, but I did it for the money. I did it so you guys would be financially, you know, <laughs> secure. Um, I don't know. It's, that's, it's not something that I wanted to say. It may not be for everybody, but it's not something that I wanted to go to, uh, you know, to my grave with. Uh, I know the truth. I was I was sent here to tell the truth. My father's loss um, created what I what I am. My father did not die in vain. I'm going to save millions of other dads. Right, right. Um, you've talked. We've discussed pollution. Would you regard um, electromagnetic pollution as part of the equation? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, uh, you know, the, the literature is, is, get, is clear and is certainly getting more clear, as you know, of course, on this topic. Um, uh, there's a doctor out of Washington State in the United States. His name is Martin Paul, Ph.D., and he's written papers on the cardiovascular effects of um, uh, non-native uh, electromagnetic fields. Mm. And, uh, I mean, listen, fundamentally, I, I mean, you know, of course, we're, we're all electric. Uh, our brain is electric. All of our cells are electric. Right. Don't understand that? Well, I mean, when, when a cardiologist does an EKG, he is monitoring the electricity of your heart. So <laughs> this is not like foo foo, you know, type, you know, uh, you know, you know, voodoo things that we're saying here. It's just it's the reality. So we would be foolish, right, to think that outside electricity does not impact the electricity of our body and the science bears it out. And, and, and John, I've seen that many times uh, amongst my patients and the people that come in with heart rhythm issues, whether it's atrial fibrillation or irregular heartbeats like PACs, PVCs, we, we do a lot of different things, but certainly I try and unplug them as much as possible 
in the 21st century. Uh, and as you know, it's, it is impossible, of course, to avoid all non-native uh, electromagnetic fields, but uh, we have to do our best. We always have to strive to do our best. Even if all you do is just turn off the Wi-Fi router at night, I think it'll make a difference. Right, right. Um, what are your views on the 5G um, that's being introduced? Well, I, I mean, once again, it's just, um, uh, you know, w what, they're, what they're doing with 5G is that they're just bringing the EMF so much closer, you know, to the home uh, in frequencies that have been, never been tested. Uh, I think it's a grand experiment. Uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, Arizona, where I came from, uh, that's one of the one of the final things, of course, that got us out of there. In addition to mold, I, I definitely want to tell everyone that mold toxicity is a serious problem uh, for just about everybody. Just about every house is infected and infested with mold, which leads to so many chronic health issues. Uh, but like you said, you know, rolling out the 5G, we're just a big monster experiment. And it's not going to end well, right? There's no way it's beneficial to our bodies. Therefore, it can only be negative. Gosh. Um, okay, back to the nuts and bolts. Um, have, we, have we covered all the risk factors, all the things that can increase someone's risks of a heart attack? We've done pollution, we've done heterosmog, we've done environment, stress. Um, are there any other factors that we should consider? Well, I think also is that, uh, and of course this is a very common one, what somebody would say is exercise which I tried to be very careful in my book and in my writings, not to mention exercise and, and, deter, and call that physical activity. Okay. Because when you say exercise, people's stress level goes up. When you tell people to be physically active, you know, we're okay. So physical activity, going for a walk in the morning, a walk in the evening, starting a garden, going for a hike, a bike ride, a swim, I am a fan of, of higher intensity interval training. So, you know, kind of like, you know, run up the mountain, uh, slowly come down the mountain. I love outdoor water activities. I love kayaking and stand up paddle boarding, but I want people to be active. The idea of going to the gym and going on the treadmill for 45 minutes while you're watching some news channel amongst <laughs> all, all of the electromagnetic fields that are in there, yes. all the artificial lights that people are under, all of, all of the, the chemicals and the cleaning agents and the toxins that they use inside yes. of a workout facility, right? Yeah. And then you're watching some stressful television show. It's a recipe for disaster. Get outside get outside, like all the plants and all the animals on earth, get outside. What's well, inherently wrong to be working flat out on a treadmill, getting nowhere. I mean, that's what jobs are all about. <laughs> so there must be a level of stress in actually doing the exercise, which is possibly why so many people uh, fail to do gym work for long, long term. They, they tend to give up halfway. I'm so happy you said that because to do something you enjoy as part of a, of a movement, any sort of movement through, through the day. Is yeah, um, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, and everybody typically, everybody enjoys going out for a walk, going out for a hike, 
going out for a bike ride. And really, it's a, it's you know, no matter what the weather is by you, go out and do it. Because if you go out, you know, if you know, um, uh, even if it's if it's the middle of winter and it's snowing and it's cold, just put on the right clothing. And any amount of, of skin you have in the sun or in the light, the better off you are. The ability of the sun to come directly into your eyes, the back of the eye is the retina, fires back into the brain. All that stuff is all absolutely critical for, for health and wellness. So I definitely, I definitely push people to, you know, to get outside and like you said, be happy. And then that, that you know, that takes me to my next thing. Um, most people don't laugh anymore. You know, it's just, uh, it, it was kind of like, you know, older generations, they told jokes, they told funny stories. Yeah. Um, uh, go out you know, and listen to comedy. You, you can listen to comedy on the radio. You can listen to comedy on the internet. You can listen to live comedy. Laughter is some of the best medicine. And, um, and you know, John, a lot of the stuff you know, we're saying is totally free, right? Sleep is free. Yes. Sunshine is free. Yes. Laughter is free. Walking outside is free. Right. Um, you, know, uh, you know, living the organic food lifestyle is certainly more expensive, but so many of the other things are free. You know, getting, uh, you know, getting, getting stressful people out of your life is free. Um, uh, you'll actually save money, right, by turning, you know, by getting rid of Wi-Fi and all the electricity and all the and all the EMF. Um, you know, uh, we can do it. We yes. can do it, and we, and we have a lot of success with it. So happiness is happy. You've made me very happy, Jack, because I made a bet prior to the summer that I could speak to a cardiologist, ask him and prompt from the, the expert the, uh, the risks of heart disease and have not bring up smoking. So I've just said my $10, so thank you so much for that. But shall we talk about smoking and why it's so bad? Well, I mean, listen, obviously, uh, you know, um, I mean, if there's one thing that we learn about prevention in medical school, which is what everybody else learned, and I don't know if we learned it in medical school, I learned it in the, in the 1970s on television, you know, from, uh, you know, I think from, uh, you know, some cartoon character, smoking is bad. Yeah. So, so smoking, smoking certainly is bad. Um, but I think it's, I think it's bad really when it's in conjunction with other unhealthy lifestyle things. Okay. You know, there are islands in the South Pacific where everybody smokes, yes. yet they don't suffer the kind of heart disease that, okay. that we do in, in the developed world because they're eating healthy foods, they're living a healthier lifestyle, they go to sleep, they get sun. So, so I don't think that smoking by itself is the problem. I think it's smoking along with other things, you know, bad food, the sleep, lack of sun, you know, it's like, it's like all those other unhealthy lifestyles, lifestyle behaviors that typically go along with cigarettes. I'm not encouraging anyone to smoke, okay. um, but, you know, but for example, uh, you know, there's been, uh, you know, I, I heard, I, I heard years ago, read this years ago, that eating one French fry is worse than smoking one cigarette. Gosh. Unless, um, unless you're happy when you eat it, I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people, I, I can't say people, I, and people don't look like they're happy when they're smoking cigarettes, right? I mean, they're not like, uh, like I mean, that's only like in commercials. You not know, not and, the legal and, cigarettes anyway. Not the legal cigarettes. Yeah, and I'm in Colorado where, where marijuana is legal and, and oh, everybody okay. here is, everybody's smoking. Okay. Um, 
But uh, I mean, but that being said, um, I, I, I'm I'm about living like our ancestors did. Our ancestors weren't smoking cigarettes. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, moving on to cholesterol and the role of cholesterol in our health and in our unhealth state. Yeah. Um, we we've now now that the public understand. It's taken a long time that there's two different types of cholesterol, LDL and HDL. Is it as simple as that? There's one good guy, one bad guy? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, John, as you know, that's just classic pharmaceutical company speak. That, that's mm -hmm. just straight from the pharmaceutical company's mouth that there's bad cholesterol and good cholesterol. Um, whoever, whoever built us, call it... God, call it some higher power, evolution. We just, you know, we just wound here. You know, wound up here. Um, they, they didn't give us. They didn't give us anything bad. They gave us the tools we need to get the job done. So, cholesterol is is a is a fatty, waxy type molecule that is involved in every single process in the human body. Without cholesterol, if you took away all of our cholesterol, we're dead instantly. Cholesterol makes up our sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Cholesterol makes up our vitamin D. The sun hits our skin and turns uh, a precursor of cholesterol into vitamin D instead of excess cholesterol. Cholesterol is important for our digestion. Cholesterol makes up a large part of the, the cell membrane and the membrane of the cell is the brain of the cell not the nucleus it is the it is the cell membrane is the actual brain that's where all the action happens is in the cell membrane deciding what gets inside the cell and what gets outside of the cell okay. so back in the 1950s when they were doing uh, autopsies they found cholesterol in coronary arteries and said it's a cholesterol problem but cholesterol was there at the scene of the crime helping to repair so it's not a cholesterol problem. And then cholesterol travels around the body inside of a bus. And that bus is LDL. LDL is made in the liver to transport cholesterol and other passengers around the body. Fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K, uh, CoQ10. LDL is very anti-inflammatory. LDL is an antioxidant. LDL is a large part of our immune system. It's there for a reason. And so is HDL. So is HDL. But now, when LDLs and HDLs get damaged, not only is that a sign that we have problems going on, but it also leads to problems uh, uh, in and of itself. Okay. So the fact that LDL just happened to be at the scene of the crime the, um, the doctors assumed that it was the causative agent. But you're saying it's actually helping to repair the damage. Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, I mean, you know, very quickly, when, when the cholesterol hypothesis came in and, and therefore, you know, let's, let's lower cholesterol, then there was just a mad rush to find pharmaceuticals to lower cholesterol numbers down, um, and it's led to just uh, you know problems ever since. It led to uh, to the statin drug industry, and the statins are notorious for causing such damage to the brain, liver, and muscle tissues. 
Um, you know, certainly uh, it, it's just it's just an artificial way to health. And according to their literature, statins are saving lives. But according to their literature, they save you know this many lives. John, what I try and do with my patients is not lower the risk from here to here. It's to lower the risk from here down here to zero. But it's going to I know, <laughs> I know, I know they don't do that. They, they fail at that. So uh, again, we want to find the perfect numbers. And I believe in getting tested. I believe in checking your cholesterol, your advanced LDL particles, advanced HDL particles, markers of inflammation, oxidative stress, homocysteine, vitamin D, thyroid, vitamins, minerals, metals, mold, environmental toxins. I love testing everything. Right. And what we do is, is that we lead the healthy lifestyle <clears throat> and we find the perfect number for you. So maybe the perfect number for John White is 202. Maybe for Jack Wolfson, it's 188. Maybe for those of you in the audience, it's one, you know, 195. Everybody's different. Right. But we need to find the best level for us so we function optimally. So if you just blindly reduce your cholesterol, you're, you're reducing the body's ability to function. And the organs that you mentioned, they get harmed by um, anti-statins, um, are the very organs that need the cholesterol, your brain, your muscle tissue, <laughs> your heart. The very, the very I have, I've seen, I mean, listen, there, there was a book that was written years ago by a NASA astronaut by the name of Dwayne Graveline. He was a medical doctor and an astronaut for NASA. And his book was called Lipitor, Thief of Memory. And he saw it back then. I saw it back then. And I've been seeing it ever since. I've seen so many people, including my own father, that I think were brain damaged from statin drugs. Um, I feel so strongly against statin drugs. If someone said, I want you just to hold a tablet in your hand, I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it. Um, Kamala is asking... What are your thoughts on hypertension tablets? Okay, well, I mean, so listen, once again, we're not deficient in high blood pressure tablets, <laughs> hypertension tablets. We're deficient in the healthy lifestyle. So oh. the things that actually help, um, uh, help high blood pressure, of course, eating the right food, sunshine lowers blood pressure, sleep lowers blood pressure, getting rid of air pollution lowers blood pressure, physical activity lowers blood pressure, uh, my wife is a doctor of chiropractic. Chiropractic care and the chiropractic adjustment is proven to lower blood pressure by 17 over 10. So I don't know how prevalent chiropractors are in China. I do know of a friend of mine who actually traveled through China um, uh, who, is, who is a doctor of chiropractic. But uh, I, you know whether it's uh, acupuncture uh, meditation lowers blood pressure. There's so many different strategies to lower blood pressure because we need to find out why blood pressure is high. Then we remove the why and the blood pressure becomes normal. But the why is never a deficiency of a tiny pill. Never. <laughs> so if you lower your cholesterol, would you lower... This is a question that came through. I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Can I lower my risk for heart disease if I lower my cholesterol? So the studies say that in some people, in certain populations, uh, they tend to be at higher risk. So if you take someone who is, say, 65 years old, 
they're overweight, they have diabetes, they're a smoker. Um, uh, they, they tend to get more benefits than the average healthy person would. Um, but once again, it, I think statin drugs kill so many people because it provides a false sense of complacency. I can take a statin drug and eat whatever I want, smoke cigarettes, sit on my couch all day, drink whiskey. You know, that's, that, that I believe is the mindset. And I think that is so detrimental as well. So uh, to me, the answer is never statin drugs. I never write prescriptions for statin drugs. I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm all about living the healthy lifestyle. Mm, it sounds like you're against prescriptions full stop, that you'd rather work on the heart of the problem. Well, listen, I mean, for, you know, and, and John, I'm talking about for prevention. Yes. For prevention, the yes. medical doctors have nothing. Now, um, if you're in an emergency, you go to an emergency room. If it's an emergency, do, do surgery on me, do whatever you need to do. You know, if, I, if I break my leg, fix my leg. But when it comes to prevention, the medical doctors have nothing. Aspirin's not prevention. Blood pressure drugs are not prevention. Cholesterol drugs are not prevention. Diabetes drugs are not prevention. They're not preventing anything except for you being healthy. Oh, that's interesting. Seems <laughs> I might use that quote later on. <laughs> what causes cholesterol levels to go to high value, high levels? Uh, I, I think it's mostly uh, it's multifactorial. But again, it you know the body is responding to something in the diet or in the environment and making excess cholesterol. So, sugar would be a factor. Um, uh, lack of sunshine, like I said, if, if the sun turns cholesterol into vitamin D, well, most people we test, they have low vitamin D, high cholesterol, get more, get more sunshine, right? And turn all that cholesterol into vitamin D. So now you've got high vitamin D and the people with the highest levels of vitamin D have the lowest risk of everything. So get high levels of D, which turn your cholesterol low. Um, you know, again, if, if you're eating a poor diet and you've got such environmental toxicity and poison, uh, your body's going to respond by making, you know, cholesterol. Is it possible, John, that all of the non-native electromagnetic fields and coming 5G is going to raise cholesterol levels even higher? Of course, of course. And the problem with all that excess cholesterol is that it can become damaged. It can become oxidized. It can um, lead to immune activation. Uh, it can lead to dysfunction of the body in so many different ways that we wind up getting sick. But again, it's not a cholesterol problem. It's everything that led to the cholesterol elevation. I want to go back to the film Cast Away. Now, I'm too young to, know, to remember that film. Okay, I watched it when it came out. But also, the, the thing that struck me was they showed the difference between someone living the city life to someone living the, I guess, it would be the, the paleo um, way of life. Yeah, and yeah. In, in an instant, it was whilst he was, he, he was harpooning a fish and then he harpooned another enlist. And then another shot, he show, and he, he hits, hits the fish straight on. I mean, that in itself was quite a shock, but it then showed a, a lean, mean Tom Hanks, so fit and healthy, bronzed, 
um, he had difficulty going from that lifestyle back to the city, not just on a physical sense, but in a mental sense. He he just didn't. He, he felt he no, no longer belonged there. He was not happy, and maybe he understood the the um, the um, the value of living naturally. Well, I think there's also. I mean, there there's another takeaway, you know, from that film. Obviously, any of us would be under stress if put into an unfamiliar situation like that. Of course, yes. I mean that that's quite obvious. Yes. Uh, lonely loneliness is a horrible, horrible thing. It's in the literature. That um, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the people with the least amount of friends and, and close contacts have the highest risk of dying. But I also think that once Tom Hanks in the movie, the, once the character was able to get healthy and able to get that mental clarity, it is only then could he devise his method of escape. Because when you are sick, and when you live the unhealthy lifestyle, your brain is so polluted, your thoughts are not clear. So in order to gain that clarity, you, you have to live the healthy lifestyle. And I think that, um, you know, and once again, it may be difficult for people to get out of stressful situations and stuff like that because they're so poisoned with their food and the environment. If you take some initial steps about just cleaning up your diet and cleaning up your environment, Hopefully you can gain that mental clarity to therefore take the next steps in, in whatever recovery that you need to do. Right. When Tom Hanks was first marooned on the island, the important things were papers and things which were just totally unimportant. <laughs> I mean, what good is, what good is uh, papers and records and, and things which is it's just... Yeah. And maybe this is it's really um, poking a, a, a long stick at us now, look at us, we live our lives, we're, what's more, what's important, well, this, you know, what's happening on, on our social media sites, Who's, who else is doing what, or shuffling papers into the right order, into the right folders, it's the right colour folders, mind you. <laughs> so there's, there's quite, it actually was quite a brilliant film, I might watch it again. <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously, and then of course, uh, you know, whenever you mention the movie The Matrix, and then people say, well, The Matrix was not a movie. The Matrix was a documentary. <laughs> Why bother watching? Uh, so we don't need to tune into IMDb. Just tune into Sema, and you'll get the latest of the uh, video releases, or old video releases, they should say. So are there any other points that we have not touched on heart disease, heart care, how to prevent and, and other health issues you'd like to throw out there. I'd love to also, sorry, you're going to say. I don't know, please finish your thought. Oh, I was going to say also um, provide um, information on how people can get more details from your sites and other places. Well, I mean, I'm certainly, I'm a fan of, of doing very, very in-depth testing. I think testing provides a lot of information. Yes. Uh, you know, you know, live the right lifestyle and then let's test it and see and make sure you're on the right track. And then, of course, there's evidence-based supplements. And one of my favorite supplements, actually, the Chinese have studied the most of, and that is berberine, B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E. It's fantastic for, for, for maximizing, you know, your lipid levels to, you know, to where they should be. Uh, berberine is wonderful for blood sugar, um, uh, anti-aging. It's an antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. It's an amazing supplement that comes from a plant. 
Uh, for blood pressure, I love beetroot powder. I love magnesium. I love potassium. There's so many, there's so many natural remedies that we can use you know, to gain benefits. So, uh, so certainly look into those. And in my book, I've got a chapter in the top 20 supplements. I've got over 300 references in my book. My book is called The Paleocardiologist. It's available from Amazon. It's available for digital download. It's an audible book as well. So you can listen you know, to the book you know, when you're driving right. as well. And um, yeah, and then of course, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on social media, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and um, uh, you know, I, I do spend some time on there because a lot of our fans and followers spend time on there, but um, I, I don't spend too much time on Facebook. I go in there for, for the information I want and need and then get out, and I would encourage people to, uh, you know, to really get outdoors, and especially with children too. Uh, children and technology is devastating devastating um, a question is coming from Carmela if someone is taking a hypertension tablet for many years what would be the end result for the body well you know once again is that you know, the blood pressure drugs blood pressure drugs can lower blood pressure that's not necessarily debatable yes but do blood pressure drugs lower the risk of having a stroke or having a heart attack or kidney disease, or congestive heart failure? The answer is, in some cases, yes, by a little bit. Yes. That's not good enough for you, Carmela. That's not, that's not good enough for you. You deserve better. Find the cause of, and causes of your blood pressure and get off the drugs. Right, right. I guess the most common cause would be children or families. Or uh, lymphatrins. <laughs> yeah. And so um, your advice is also, also choose your friends carefully or choose the people that you associate with carefully. You can't choose family, but I guess you can choose to be close to them or not. And, uh, um, well, well, you know what, John? I, you know, I was talking to a patient recently, and she made the comment to me that she has family and she has relatives. And she keeps the family in her life and the relatives are relegated some, somewhere else. Really? And, they, and, 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 they may, and they may all be siblings, but again, some are family and some are relatives. And if the relatives get them out of your life, if they're family, you know, you know keep them closer to you. But um, you know, again, if, if something in your life is toxic, you gotta get rid of it or you're gonna suffer the consequences. Right, right, that's, that's, that's good advice. Well, thank you so much for your time, um, Jack. You know, broadcasting from a supermarket that shows your dedication to the cause. The information you have given is solid gold. I, um, I, I like everything you said. There's not one thing you said which made me think, gosh, that's going to be hard to do. To live the ideal lifestyle, live on an island or go somewhere where you're, you're happy, the air's clean, the food's good. Uh, there's not so much pollution. What, 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 where's, where's the downside for goodness sake? And you live longer and you're, and you're happier. What's the downside? Less money, I guess, is the downside, one downside, because as you've pointed out, people that, are, that have you know, shared, shared trade on the markets or have got an important job, even, even farmers, that are, that are wrapped up in, in, through circumstance in their position They've, they're locked into paying off mortgages or paying for this education for some of their family members or whatever. 
to just slowly just let go and find a way to move to happiness. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I mean, it's, um, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that the road is easy, you know, for me to go where I was making the money that I was into the practice that I am now and doing what I am now. Uh, it's probably easier than someone who, you know, as a very specific, you know, level of training, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, if if there's any, if you're not happy, you got to find your happiness. Otherwise your health will suffer. And then you say, what, what are you doing it for? Why, why are you working in that job where you're so unhappy? Why are you there? You know, prioritize. So I don't know. It's crazy. Ultimately we've got to be happy. Otherwise we haven't got a life. No. No, certainly not. Okay, well, we'll, we'll let you check out your groceries. Thank you so much for coming. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. Bye-bye. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.